welcome to the Tell Me If You Can podcast. I'm your host, Ogechi, and today's guest is Karen Francois. Karen is a brand consultant, young entrepreneur, and owner of SWA Agency. In today's episode, we talk about taking a leap of faith in the pursuit of your dreams and balancing entrepreneurship while managing grief. Let's get into Karen's story. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the podcast. For those of us that don't know who you are, can you give us a quick bio, who you are, where you're from, and what you do? For sure. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm Karen. I am originally from Miami, but I'm now based majority of time in New York. I'm a brand consultant and a public relations consultant. So I really work with brands and talent to kind of bridge bridge that space that's left open for minority creators. Um, I really wanted to create opportunity and a channel for us to tap into resources that may not seem readily available to us. That's so awesome. So what brought you from Miami to New York? Well, um, my senior year, I really had a panic attack about the idea of graduating without a job. Um, I just... I think that was the turn of the um, the recession, and for me, it was kind of like, wow, I, I know that we're kind of out of this period of difficulty, but it was still so much anxiety, and I didn't want to stay in Florida. I always knew I wanted to live in New York, so I wanted to take that risk, and so halfway through my senior year, I just decided to take some time off and take that leap and go. I decided to move to New York and I got here and I got a job at a a startup here in the city called The Go Life as their marketing manager. And that kind of just set me on my way. I've kind of been stuck since. (laughs) Wow. Uh, What a risk to take. Some people might have waited or um, delayed any kind of move like that, but you decided that there was no better time than the present to make that move. So how has your career evolved from that initial first job that you had as a marketing manager? When I first got to New York, I was working on the digital marketing side and I was, I wouldn't say bored. Um, I was working for a lifestyle company. It was, I got to work out a lot of boutique gyms and to meet a lot of interesting people working out at these gyms like Brumble, Dog Pound, Aerospace. We had um, relationships with a lot of them. so. It was really kind of, for me, what I got from it that I really enjoyed more, which was getting to work on the influencer side and the talent side and getting to do the experientials and put together those events and work with those in-house teams to bring our ideas to life. So I really enjoyed that a lot more than the digital work I was doing. And I wanted to figure out a way, um, especially as I was there, to tap into more creatives of color, um, especially for a supplement company and working out. Um, lifestyle and health is kind of for everyone. And I wanted to make sure our brand represented that as well. Along the way, I also met someone who recommended um, I should consider doing PR. And they recommended me a job at a fashion PR company called Williamson PR. I applied and I got it. So while I was working, I took on this internship to kind of learn the ins and outs of the PR side and how we can integrate more creatives and really build that for our own in-house, especially as a startup. 
But I really started to enjoy fashion and getting to work with more international designers like Brand Black and, and Anamika. It really made me see, wow, there's so much avenue for black for well, creatives of color, but Black creatives as well. But I felt like we weren't being tapped into still, even as I was doing work for the PR agency and we're doing invites for events to stylists and to photographers and to people on creative teams, we still weren't really being represented. So um, I wanted to figure out a way to channel it. And I ended up after leaving there, landing a job for an agency to work at um, Alamo Records, which really got me, allowed me to tap in both those two creative sides that I took from both of those companies um, and to do more and to figure out how do I book more creatives of color? How do we, um, create a voice in these spaces where our our art is being shown, our, we're being used as inspiration, but not actually getting the jobs that we wanted. That is so awesome. So what are some lessons that you learned on how to reach out to creatives of color and also how to um, book more of them? Because they exist, but sometimes the structures of companies don't allow for you to have that freedom. So what are some lessons or tips that you learned? I definitely had to get into the habit of doing my own research. Um, I felt like the issue wasn't that no Black creators were being used or no people of color were being used. We were just recycling the same one over and over and over. Mm. And I meet that, oh, we're using someone who's a person of color. Um, so for myself... Even as I was having conversations in-house, it kind of just was seeming like everyone just didn't know anybody else. And I kind of made it my own effort to, okay, let's do that research. Let's look up those people. Let's see what other um, social media is talking about, especially when um, it is kind of like a photographer or a videographer or a stylist or whatever it is. Those people don't always work with the same people. So tapping into their networks and tapping into people they've worked in and using that to kind of funnel myself through social media and through LinkedIn and to just learn more about who is available, what are these opportunities that they're looking for and they might align with and being able to say, okay, Dean, we're going to be in LA this week and we've used this young lady three times. Let's give another young lady an opportunity or let's book both of them, you know, and see if this person would do it and still be able to fit in our budget because it never hurts to have too much content and to still be able to take that risk on a new creator. That is so awesome. And I think that um, so many of us and some of you that might be listening might be creatives or and or creatives of color or work for agencies that would seek to have people of color depending on your field. And I think sometimes people get in that trap where they have a look or a person that has been tried and tested and the need to research and expand their horizons more. I think now more than ever, people are realizing that Recycling the same actress, for example, recycling the same artist or photographer is not really giving a lot of people an opportunity. And it doesn't show that you can break into that field really well. It's harder to break into the creative space and be amazingly successful as a, as a woman or a person of color. So it's awesome that you've chosen to really see through that lens of diversity that it's not just having Yes, we have one Latina, we have one Black woman, we have one um, Asian woman, but 
are we trying to reach out to a variety of them? I think that is so, so cool. So what are some tips that you might have um, since you're kind of an expert in the creative space and consulting? What are some tips that you might have for someone that is just starting to break into, maybe they just graduated from college or they're a young person and they think that they could be a photographer or creative or content creator and they want to be recognized by brands that are now choosing to have more people of color uh, represented by their company? I would definitely recommend um, not being able to take the risk of shooting your own content and creating your own portfolio, especially now in the time of the pandemic. It's a lot harder to maybe secure those opportunities you might want or to be able to take on as many freelance or as many risk opportunities as you would want. But I think on the other end, we're kind of in this place where all we can do is is kind of create from what we were passionate about and to create things we care about. I think it's mm-hmm. an opportunity now to just kind of connect with local artists and people around us to, to create things we care about or um, types of projects that we'd want to be seen in our portfolio. Um, also, I would recommend also being consistent with the outreach sometimes and being consistent with our network and keeping those relationships strong as you're building out your portfolio and sending it out, not just cold emailing all the time, but also being um, open to just genuinely having relationships that sometimes that person may cater to giving you advice or just if you want them to look through your portfolio, not so much fully on the end of I'm looking for a job. Sometimes it's just nice to say, hey, you know, I'm just getting started. This is a company I do hope to work for in the long run. I'd love for you to take a look at my portfolio, especially if you're someone who works in marketing, your marketing portfolio, aligning with someone on those teams and saying, what would you recommend? What would you not recommend? How do you see um I can better align with your brand and understanding that brand voice and that brand message and also educating yourself on that brand voice and that brand message, not fully relying on the people in-house to tell you. Because if you're working with Nike, Nike's brand, Nike's message, Nike's everything is very consistent, you know, you know what they're yes. to show their clients. So you can do that research yourself and see it. And even if you're not fully getting that vision of who they are right now, you can see that the experience and the voice and their vision they present to their audience never really changes. Sometimes the messaging changes, sometimes the talent changes, but the general um, brand behind it doesn't really change. That is such good feedback. And I think that applies to any profession. If you have an interview and you don't get the job, or if you reach out to a company and you don't get the brand deal, it's always great to accept that no, but that no is also an opportunity to improve. So reaching back out to that interviewer, that company, the HR staff, whomever, and asking for feedback on what you did well, what you could have done better. I've done this in interviews before. And sometimes the answer was just, they, they, they just wanted you, but they could only choose one and you were equally amazing. And it just went down to something unique that this person had. And so that's just the feedback that you could use to encourage you along the way. Because sometimes hearing a no or being rejected might discourage you on, in, on your path, but getting that feedback might actually encourage you that you're on the right track. You just have to tweak some things. Or if this is a company you really want to work with, then you know where you need to advance in your portfolio, in your technique, and all of those things. Um, 
but I just, I, I love all of this like insider advice that you're giving. Another thing I think I've seen a lot of people using social media to kind of create their own collectives. They have a friend, a couple friends that are creatives or beauty influencers or whatever. They work together and they promote each other. And I think that helps expand the reach. They have their reach. They, their friend has their reach. Their photographer friend has a reach. And that collaboration, especially during this time, can help you be recognized a little bit better. Um, what are some um, personal and per- professional challenges that you've experienced as an entrepreneur? Um, personal and professional. Um, I'll start with professional. I would say um, when I first was getting started, I really had to make a decision about the financial sacrifice, especially as an entrepreneur. That was really difficult because, you know, you're you're used to making a certain amount of money to live in New York. And that was a, a really big transition for myself. But also around that same time, I was in moving, making the transition of my home. So I had to reimagine what um, stability looked like to me. So um, because around the time that I started my company, I had taken another sabbatical (laughs) um, and I had been staying in Paris for some time just to also network because I did a lot of international business. So I was really out there to network, but I was trying to figure out what do I want once I get back? What do I want to bring to the industry that I work in? And what what where do my skills fit into that industry so as I was taking that time I also had to be realistic that a lot of what I wanted to do a lot of the projects that I had been now commissioning and taking on for the next couple months when I got back were all kind of travel related Um, they expected me to be traveling honestly probably 20 to 25 days out of the month. So I had to have a conversation with myself like, okay, right now, is it realistic to have a a stable home, a stable foundation and figuring out if it would be better to rechannel that money into my business expenses, into having, you know, support with my team, into making sure that everything foundationally for my brand was going to be able to survive. And for when I did get back into New York, having being able to sublet somewhere while I was here and have still some type of stability in the city, just not the stability that I was used to. Um, Also, a lot of figuring out which opportunities were worth taking on for free and which ones um, really aligned with my brand and taking on the money. Because sometimes you kind of end up on both sides of the street where either A, you're not 100% sure if it's the the right thing to take on a project that could pay really your bills for a couple of months, but doesn't really align with what you want to do with your brand and what you're pushing for. And also those opportunities that they completely align with your brand, they completely align with what you want to do, but they may not fully align with um, how much you need to support yourself. And being able to have that conversation to say, okay, this is worth that risk. Um, a lot of the projects I've taken on with smaller creatives, I've taken on for a lot lower than our cost or just for free because it's a passion project, not fully a passion project, but the longevity and what we're getting out of it in other ways, whether it be um, equity or whether it be some other um, some other benefit we're gaining that seems worth it, that seems that we value as worth it. Um, but 
also even on the personal side, um, as an entrepreneur, um, I lost my mom. And as an entrepreneur, that can be really difficult because I had to have that balance in that conversation with myself, kind of like, okay, we have to take a step, a step back. And that's very difficult because it's not like when I work for an agency or when I work for a company where I can kind of take that responsibility and put it into someone else's hands or put my projects, you know, into someone on my team's hands who does kind of that same role. It kind of was like everything that I'm overseeing kind of had to to come to a stop. And at first I had a lot of anxiety and fear about it, but it was also that conversation of, of, do we really want to be just showing up at 50%? (laughs) If 50% is even what I've been showing up at, you know, like, but do we really want to feel like we're not showing up at our hundred percent? So it was a lot of that conversation as well. Um, and those are, I would say were the biggest things professionally and personally I have, I've faced. Wow. I mean, that's so much, but I think that process of continually checking in with yourself, what are your goals? What are you willing to sacrifice to accomplish those goals? And what are some hard barriers that you have that you won't sacrifice? And I think, especially when you talked about recognizing that you travel so much and then having that comfort of a nice home, maybe to say that just to say that you have isn't realistic given how few t- few weeks or months that you might spend in that home and then seeing that financial value of putting that money and that resources towards building your business. That's wisdom that a lot of people might not have had or they might have felt that they need to keep up with someone else, what whatever they look like on Instagram and say that they have things, but you you are willing to make that personal sacrifice to build your um company, but then also recognizing that you also needed to check in with yourself personally, especially given the tragedy of losing your mom and allowing space to grieve and knowing how much you can fully show up. Um, Who were the people that were in support of you during that time? I can recognize being uh, an entrepreneur can sometimes be lonely professionally and emotionally. So who were the people that showed up for you during that time? I would say definitely um, my siblings, um, they definitely do show up and they show that support that does feel like it's missing, Um, especially when now I think I'm more of a perfectionist than I was before. Then being able to have that conversation of like, it's okay to to be in that place of refocusing because even now that I've taken time off, I'm even now rebranding. Um, and the talent that I work with, um, the photographers, the stylists, my team, they've come in to help me a lot more and they've come in to even take over some things that right now they do need to be done, but they understand that I may not be able to show up hundred percent and they're helping. They're, they're getting on the emails and they're, they call me they don't mind. And I tell them, please call me, but I'll walk them through it and, you know, help them really understand this is what's going on. Um, and my team understands, I take even outside of now educating everyone on what's going on very seriously and important, but I think it's very important because whether we work together for 40 years or for four, I want to make sure they understand what happens in the background, what happens on my side. So if they do work with other brands and other creatives, they understand this is what their deliverables look like on the back end. This is what um, 
this is what the financial side should always look like, you know, so I, I keep that very transparent. Um, but my team, my family, and really just also seeking, like speaking to a therapist, um, because I think at one point for myself, I was like, my mom passed away. And a month later, I was like, okay, everything's calming down. Let's get back to work. But it really wasn't, you know, it was kind of like my familial things were calming down, but everything else that surrounds, you know, the proceedings of my mom passing and everything was still going on legally, things going on with our home, things going on still with my business and trying to slow things down and trying to also catch up and being able to kind of speak to her and her be able to tell me like, what if where you are right now, you're just supposed to be present in that moment? You know, what if you're not supposed to be running 20 things at the same time? What if you're not supposed to be trying to still make everything work? What if you're not supposed to be trying to show up and be this person that you think you need to be and you just focus on being where you are? And having those conversations with her and, and those transparent um being able to transparently express to her that I don't feel like I'm showing up. I don't feel like I'm doing the work that I, I could be doing. And that was making me feel like I was failing and just being able to transparently open up that, that idea that like I was failing in this experience, but that didn't make me a failure in my craft. That didn't make me, um, not as good at, at what I do. It just meant I was struggling and that was okay where I was. Yes, I think, um, wow, you said a lot of great things. I think having family members that are supporting you is great, but they were also grieving at that time. So I think it's amazing that you had an environment at work that was able to step up when they, when they, you needed them to, especially because you created good business systems, right? That transparency that you talked about, understanding the back end of the business and kind of the process to keep the business afloat, even if you could not be in the nitty gritty of the decisions was so key and probably wise for you to have ahead of time. So when you were in this situation, that you had to be present in your with your family, be present in the proceedings, be present in your grief. You were given the space and the support that you needed. And I think that so many people, whether you are own a business or when you work for a business, you cannot be so tied and entangled with your business that you can't separate that in order to take care of yourself, whether it's um, grief, whether it's maternity leave, whether it's just a mental break, whether it's just a vacation, if you can't create that opportunity for some people to step in for you, you're doing an actual disservice to yourself. And I think as a business owner, you're setting a great example to your employees that that personal balance is important to you because you're showcasing that um, even if your t therapist kind of had to remind you, so many of us feel like the output that we have in society is a showcase of our value. And if we're not pumping out work, pumping out busyness, then we're not really um, showing up in the way that we should be, that we're not living life fully. But sometimes just pausing and being present and um, taking care of yourself is the best version of living your life. And I think that is so amazing that you said that. Um, so speaking of balance, how do you balance right now Going through what all you've gone through, especially with the grief of losing your mom, how do you maintain balance while running your company? And how has that changed or gotten a little bit better given 
the situation we have in this pandemic? Um, I think the pandemic is the first time I've really gotten to recenter. Um, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was kind of like freaking out, like what were they going to do? What were they going to use this time for? But from the beginning of the pandemic, I had already set into mind, I wanted to leave, leave this pandemic really feeling like I had structured everything for my business that I had been putting off. So I had begin to ha- begun to have calls that I'd been putting off. I'd begun to um, have those video FaceTime coffee dates that I'd been putting off. I'd begun to really nurture my network and really impl- implement a lot of the things I'd been hoping to implement for my site and with my team and for my brand and just things on the back end, even with our brand deck and with our portfolios and everything. I just began to clean everything up because I was like, we have nothing else to do. <laughs> you know, we have projects, we have still things going on, but it was nowhere as busy it had been before. And I also took in, take a lot of time to to take care of myself because before I lost my mom, I did lose um, another very close person to me to suicide. And then to lose my mom um, in, not, in, a, in the time of pandemic, in a non-COVID related way, it did kind of make even more difficult because I I lost her so suddenly. Um, Trying to figure out for myself, like what was a healthy balance for my day-to-day and really structuring my day-to-day where I implemented real boundaries where I was like, okay, if we are going to be working today, this is the time we're going to cut off and refocus to writing in our journal or really focus on something we started the day before that we wanted to finish or getting into more of my the creative parts of my craft or doing things reading things I wanted to read related to um, fashion and music and learning more for myself whether um, it was related to work or just related to my own interests Um, I really had to find that balance in my day-to-day and those boundaries even with clients you know I have clients who sometimes they want to talk three times a day they want to be updated every day and taking that Mm -hmm. pressure off of myself you know like (laughs) and creating that boundary of this is where I am mentally and this is the amount of pressure I've already put onto myself. This additional pressure, if I'm going to be able to balance everything, cannot happen, you know? And being able to speak speak that truth without it seeming like I, I wasn't make them, making them a priority still, it was a claim to them that though they are still a priority, I, I have to take care of myself first. And I do want to show up for both of us. So it's really kind of restructuring that and having those hard conversations with myself too, figuring out what does the next year look like for me and how do I um, want to move forward? How can I make sure that if this does continue, that my business can still sustain, sustain, my team is still being financially taken care of, especially because we all, um, a lot of the creators I work with, we all still tap into other networks outside of Underswa. So making sure that everyone was still feeling like you know they had a home and that they were taken care of and and we were moving forward in a direction that the pandemic with or without it we were still going to be okay yes i and i imagine i mean you work with musicians you work with stylists and you do things from fashion to music to art and so uh what is your favorite part of being um in this industry 
Um, honestly, probably the the editing. <laughs> That's mm. kind of like my favorite space. Um, the editing of our work, whether it's like after something we've produced and seeing the content that we shot or whether we're um, seeing the photos from the press and how they're coming out and that that moment where everything comes together because sometimes the experience and putting the the actual production can seem like crazy even if it's structured it's still kind of sometimes we're like with this idea in our head we're praying to god it comes out you know we're hoping mm-hmm. we're praying that the end result is as amazing as we meant it to be so a lot of times being able to get to that editing phase or that that on the ground production phase where we're putting the experiential um together and we're putting all the parts that we've all we've um individually sourced into one foundation that's always my favorite part to see it you know to see that we pulled it off and that it wasn't a crazy idea you know that it wasn't something that was so out of the box or so left field as we might have felt sometimes it was right where it needed to be so that's usually my favorite part um and seeing our network come to life and and knowing our client is gonna be happy you know yes that is so i mean that's cool. Most people like the actual being on set and everything like that, but it's cool that you like the behind the scenes and seeing how kind of how the sausage comes together, how the sausage is made. And so that's, that's for a lot of people, that's the hardest part. I, whenever I have to edit anything, it's my least favorite part, but um, it it's also the most rewarding part because then you can see all of the ideas and concepts come together. So I, I agree. That is so cool. Um, so now to the part of the podcast that I like to call um, Roses and Thorns. Roses are great things that have happened in the last couple of weeks or maybe just this past day. And then thorns are bumps along the road, uh, bumps that we have along the road of life. So what's one rose and one thorn? One rose, I would say, is... Being able to be, um, well, recently, being inquired, especially with everything going on, for more opportunities. Um, even though right now I've taken a break from taking things on, it's been amazing the outreach we've been receiving and the people just wanting to tap in more to Black creatives and wanting to consult with us, not only on the side of working with us as Black creatives, but how they can tap into more Black creatives and how they can be an asset to our community. So that has been amazing um, to be a part of those conversations and to really open um, eyes and doors as much as possible. Um, and thorns, I would say it's just still the growing pains, still the getting the finance right, still getting the education right, still getting the foundation right. I would say those are the thorns, um, as much as a great experience as that can be, um, it's really learning still like how to price ourselves and making sure we're coming in properly. So as we're growing, it doesn't become a pain to now say we went from $500 to, I don't know, like $5,000, you know, like making sure we're, um, we're properly making sure our growth will still not be affected too much. So I would say that's the growing pains. Um, just learning the balance and learning how, 
and where we're going to fall into the industry um, and not stretching ourselves too thin on that. Yes. I mean, you have so much of interest right now with people wanting to work with um, black creatives, black agencies and supporting black artists, but um, you also have to know your own capacity, right? It's great that they have that interest, but you've created structures and you know what you can do and you've chosen to take a break. And so honoring that um, while still being present to that need and the desire that's bubbling up in this moment um, is a balance. So that, I agree that would be a thorn, but it's also kind of a blessing in disguise at, at the same time. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for sitting and chatting with me. You have an amazing story and you're so inspiring. Um, you're actually, you're so young and I feel like your story is still evolving so much and I cannot wait to see how you grow, how your agency grows. How can people find you, follow along on your story? Oh, for sure. Um, my agency is SWA Agency on Instagram and Facebook, C-O-I-S agency and um myself it's no time for karen <laughs> um just that, that way no time for karen a little double on todd you're fun so <laughs> definitely those are the two channels to, to find me um and definitely i'm always available to chat i love to tap into more creative especially on the international front um like you said I am pretty young I am 25 so it's still growing and it's still all about the experience and it's still about being open and being honored to just be in a position to do more so I'm really excited it's amazing um I will leave all your information down below your your Instagram your personal and your agency's Instagram Go ahead and check them out, follow along. And if you are creative, reach out to them, see if um, they're the agency for you. Thank you so much again, Karen, for joining. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And please have an amazing day. Be safe. Thank you. It was such a pleasure to talk to Karen. And what a blessing that she had staff and family that were able to support her in her time of grief and allow her to be able to take some responsibilities off of her plate. For those of you that are listening that might be entrepreneurs, take a lesson in allowing other people in on your process so that you are able to pour into yourself so that you can further pour into your own business. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. The review link will be in the show notes and tell a friend about the Tell Me If You Can podcast so they can hear stories just like Karen's. I hope you have an amazing day in your amazing story.